Howdy, folks. Widget Wallace from needcoffee.com here. Back again for another Way Home review. Here's how it works for the uninitiated. I have just left the cinema where I have seen a film, and I'm gonna, it's over there somewhere. And I'm going to tell you about that film on my way home because it just saves time that way. And yes, I know, I'm, I don't know when this is gonna go up because I'm trying to move us to another better server. So, hi, 2017, whenever the hell you are. Today we're here to talk about The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, part one, the beginning. Okay, uh, synopsis. Well, hope you've seen the other films because doubtless there will be uh, spoilers for those. Those are perfectly legal. Um, where we last left our hero Katniss, she had, had had to go through approximately one and a half Hunger Games in order to become the symbolic head of a revolution against Donald Sutherland. And Donald Sutherland is a formidable foe. Not only because he has amazingly immaculate white hair, but because he's Donald Sutherland and always just a wee bit creepy. So, um, basically where we pick up with Katniss, she was rescued from the, that was the half of the Hunger Games, and her boyfriend, Peta, was not uh, rescued, and so she's a bit messed up about this. And to be perfectly honest, she's a bit messed up about a lot of things, as you would too if you had just gone through basically, you know, two iterations of Battle Royale, and you were, I don't know how old she's supposed to be, but too young to do that. Um, and as, as though there was an age, as though there was an age of like, oh, well, I'm great now. Age, you must be this tall to kill other people your age. No, it doesn't work like that. But anyway, so she's completely, totally messed up in the head. And honestly, who can blame her? So now the trick is that Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, other people who are really great actors who they've chosen to cast this with because they can, must now convince Katniss that she must rise to the occasion and become the Mockingjay of the title, because otherwise they would have picked the wrong title. Um, that's pretty much the film. And, of course, she's concerned about getting her boyfriend back. Because when her boyfriend's back, then there's going to be trouble. Hey, nah, hey, nah, boyfriend's back. So, there's your synopsis. That's all you need. Okay, so, <clears throat> having really liked the first film, because of how tight it felt and how much it was doing in a enclosed space. And having liked the second film slightly less because it felt less like the first film. Not just because we switched to director Francis Lawrence over Gary Ross um, for reasons we've discussed elsewhere. Um, probably in the previous Way Homer, but I haven't watched it again because I don't do any research. Uh, who has time? I don't even have time to write these down. Anyway, so... Now we've come to the point where we've taken the third chapter and we've done what everybody seems to be doing, which is going, oh my God, what are we going to do? Because uh, to my knowledge, I mean like Divergent and all these other things 
they're not exactly Hunger Games. They're Hunger Games light from a box office standpoint, I believe. Again, no research, but I get that feeling. And Lionsgate, which has basically made a fortune off of Hunger Games as a franchise, is going, but we don't want it to go away. So that's why they've split Mockingjay into two films. <clears throat> so let me say some things that are good before I start tearing it to bits. The cast is all great. Uh, you know, it's, it's so good to see Philip Seymour Hoffman doing his thing, because he's amazing. Julianne Moore is a welcome addition. Even, um, I want to say her name is, you know how bad I am with names, Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones and the Neverwhere BBC Radio Play uh, is uh, looking pretty wild with a crazy tattoo and, you know, hairdo and stuff like that. And so pretty much everybody that they've got is doing a good job. Even the gentleman from House of Cards, who I'm not even going to try to say his name because I will butcher it because I can barely say my own name. I know his last name is Ali. Please forgive me, Mr. Ali, but I maybe if I had your name in front of me, I could attempt it, but I would butcher it because I can barely speak. Now, even he, who is given very little to do, did that very little with style. So, I don't really have a problem with the cast. Even Jennifer Lawrence, who basically, this is sort of like that chapter in Harry Potter where Harry Potter was so mopey that you wanted to just punch him, punch him right in the face. And again, it's a delicate balance, not because I want to punch Katniss in the face, but yes, it made sense for Harry Potter to be petulant because he was at that stage in his life when he was going to be petulant and he was having a really rough life. Same thing with Katniss. She's basically been through one and a half miniature wars. So of course, she's going to be mentally scarred and very messed up in the head. That makes total sense. However, things making total sense, especially when drawn out over pretty much what should have been half of a movie, but extended to over two hours of a movie, can get really old from a can't we just get on with this point of view. So again, it's a delicate balance between I appreciate what they were trying to do and probably what was handled, I haven't read the books, but maybe a lot better in the books, but it just dragged on and on. So she did the best she could, in my opinion, with what she was given, which was basically be messed up for about two hours and cry often, okay? So I have no problem with the cast. I really have no problem with most of the aspects of the movie. I mean, it looked pretty good, you know? There was a lot of rubble. That was some really well-executed rubble, okay? And some well-executed bunkers. So well done that I expected Patrick Stewart to be doing the Scottish play off to one side. That's a really obscure reference. Anyway, so that I didn't have a problem with. What I had a problem with was, shall we call it, and maybe I've already called it this, and chances are someone else has called it this, franchise creep. Meaning, we had a perfectly good um, trilogy, the book's trilogy, 
And instead of, I mean, they didn't go full Hobbit on us, but I mean, this should have been one film. Because it occurred to me, somewhere about an hour in, 45 minutes in, it finally took to get started, that's when um, people from the franchise as it stands, from the beginning showed up, like Woody Harrelson and so forth, trying desperately to breathe life into this thing. But, you know how one of the criticisms of episode one, and don't start stabbing me yet, hear me out. One of the criticisms of episode one was that, what is this, we're, we're here for Star Wars and you're talking about trade agreements. Well, imagine the same thing, but as I've stated, better acted and with better rubble, but about propaganda films. Really, honestly, the first hour and a half of this thing felt like it was just about a propaganda war, which again, I understand, but it gets really old really quick when you've obviously padded your film out because you need two of them. And by that I mean, you know, it's kind of like miniature versions of sections of Lord of the Rings where they were just walking. And you said, New Zealand, I love you, you look amazing, I, I really have seen, I've seen this valley, can we just move to the next scene where something, anything happens, okay? Imagine that, but in tiny little chunks, which really, if, I mean, if someone is climbing into an elevator, if someone is getting on an elevator, you see all of them getting on an elevator, you know what I'm saying? If someone's walking down a hallway and going in a door, there's no compression, there's no cut. It's almost like they don't trust you to think that they haven't just phased through the wall. Well, we have to show they've used a door because what if Katniss has suddenly become Kitty Pride from the X-Men? No, it's every, it's like, for God's sake, if we've got the footage, use the footage. Don't cut anything. That's what it felt like till an hour in. Worst thing of all, my ass fell asleep. Snore, and it's not just the comfy chairs, AMC. It's not your fault. It's that my ass fell asleep. Because I was just tired of seeing things. I went, we could have completely cut this bit. And it's not, I'm not even talking about, about, you know, oh, well, well, it's important that she walk all the way up to the Hall of Justice or whatever the hell it was called. I think it was the Hall of Justice. It certainly wasn't the thing in the swamp with the Legion of Doom. But it's very important that we see all of that walk because it's very symbolic. Okay, fine. But I'm like, do we need to see every bit of footage of her, like, you know, walking through a place, picking up stuff? Honestly, can't we just have shown you get to the end where she comes to the person involved and says, by the way, I got stuff. It's like you wouldn't have trusted us to think, oh, she must have picked up stuff while she was out. No, she generated stuff. She's got a 3D printer in her bag. Oh my God, this is amazing. No, it doesn't work like that. So it's franchise creep that has killed the franchise. Dead. Now I know there's probably a lot of people who love these books and are sold on the films and were there every step, every agonizing long drawn out step of the way. And you know what? I'm not good for you, all right? Because again, I never want to take away somebody's experience of enjoying a film, okay? I'm just talking about my experience. And my experience was just sitting there going, you could have, with no effort, 
cut 20 minutes off of this film by simply compressing things and not drawing them out because you realized, oh my God, we've got part two and what are we gonna do? In fact, stuff really didn't kick off and there was no tension in the film for until about the last 30 minutes of the film, which is amazing because it just, it just seems such a crime because the first two were so good at that. And we're so good at getting so much done and having tension and have, making you afraid for what was going to happen. And here, there wasn't any of that, in my opinion, again, my opinion, until the last 30 minutes, where I felt like, wow, there's actually people in jeopardy. So that's what really did it in for me, is when I start checking my phone to see what time it is, uh, thinking, oh my God, when is this gonna end? That's not a good sign. Because um, you know me, my brain will turn itself off and stay off for an extended period of time, uh, but it's got to be entertained. Not even entertained, it's just got to be kept busy. And, um, you know, uh, to the point where uh, Thespia, who's buying the camera, was talking about, well, what about this thing? What about this thing? I was able to explain those away because... <laughs> You know that geek explanation that you do? Well, of course the fires were still burning because it's a mine place and whatever. Stuff where you don't even think about doing it. Because I was dealing with such bigger issues about this foam in my head. I think maybe part of my brain was figuring that stuff out just to give it something to do. Waiting for them to edit and get to the next bit. So that's what was really, really depressing for me about the film is instead of doing a solid and concise two and a half or even three hour film that would have been Mockingjay and would have knocked it out of the park, sent the franchise going on a, out on a high, which, you know, if it was done well, yeah, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter that you would have had three hour screenings because I know that's part of their concern you would have had less screenings, you would have made up for it by people going, oh my God, that was amazing, I gotta go see it again. You gotta be really die hard to wanna sit through this again, at least in the theater. Comfy seats or no, thank you AMC for giving my, my sleeping ass a place to rest. Um, so here's the deal. If you were hardcore, then yes, if you haven't already seen it, then do go see it, because you'll enjoy it. And rock on with your bad selves. I'm not putting you down at all. See a matinee if at all possible. If you, like me, were like, well, yeah, this could, this could be good. Just wait. It'll be out on Blu-ray. Probably, it'll be, it'll be out on Blu-ray in time for Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. So, wait. Everyone else. Because I'm going with one and a half cups out of five. Because it just, it's, it's, it hit about two and a half and then it just kept sliding the longer it outstayed its welcome. And with each little bit of corridor, I mean, I know the set decoration folks were very proud of those corridors, but holy crap, there was a lot of them. So there you have it. Part one, maybe part two. Maybe I look forward to whoever can edit the two parts together into a concise two and a half hour film, because I swear, somebody re-edits the Star Wars trilogy, the prequel trilogy, about once every five days. So, and again, 
not direct comparison to Star Wars, lest someone come up and stab me next time I'm at Dragon Con, because this, you know, this one actually had solid good, you know, solid acting, and the whole nine yards just, just needed to get on, move away from the propaganda films and get to something happening. So anyway, uh, thanks so much for watching. Uh, if you do like these things, please come and check us out and find more information on needcoffee.com. Hopefully soon I will have the server move done. The site is huge and it takes way too much effort to move. So please forgive me that it's taking a while because I have a degree in English and I don't know anything about computers. So um, until next time, uh, we will see you on the Way Home Reviews. Bye. Okay, watch this. That's right, I just showed you all of that turn. That was pretty much the film. <laughs>